The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The Word of God this morning is, is found in Genesis chapter 9. So if you're listening in on Zoom this morning, I, I invite you to open up your Bibles and for those of you with us here in the church, we're on page 10. And we're going to pick it up right there at verse 20. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Ham the father of Canaan saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned away, the other way, so that they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves, will he be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. This is the word of the Lord. When I was a boy, my parents were in the choir, and it was a rather large Lutheran church. And um, it was a Sunday when they were supposed to sing in the choir. And so me and my brothers and sisters were, were sitting in the front row, and I don't know why, but I got it in my head that I would pretend to be the choir director in the front row. And, and you should have seen it. I was right there in the front row, the choir director over here, and I was sweeping my arms around. I was counting the beat. And everyone in back of me, which was the entire congregation, was paying no attention whatsoever to the choir and they were watching me direct the choir. And I thought, I thought it was pretty funny until I got home. And my parents had this punishment that they would give to us. They, would, they called it sitting on the chair. So they sat me on the chair and they said, watch the clock for an hour. And then my dad, after watching the clock for an hour, my dad came over and he knelt down and he said, he said, son, you need your conscience sharpened. He would, he would say that a lot when I was growing up. He'd say, son, you need your conscience sharpened. And he was right. Because I had, I had ruined what that choir had worked so hard to prepare. 
I, I, I had stolen glory from God, and I thought it was funny. He said, son, I want your, your conscience to be sharpened, and, and that's what I want to help you to do here in Lent. Maybe you saw it in your bulletin. Maybe you saw it on, on the front cover. It says right there, sharpen. I, I want to help to sharpen your conscience. And, and to do that, to do that, we need to understand sin. We need, we need to look at sin. We're going to look at categorical sin so we, we, can, we can see all of its outlines. And it's, you know, look, I, I don't relish it. It's not one of those things that I'm going to look forward to every Sunday. We're going to talk about sin again. But I also don't like and look forward to, to sweeping the floor at home. And, and farmers don't look forward to mucking out the barn. But it's necessary. And this is one, this is one of those things. It's necessary. One of our theologians, he, he, he actually said, we need to understand sin. So that we understand better just how many, this is his words, not mine, sleeping beasts we have in our flesh. And there are many. But even more than that, when, when, when we see sin in, in, in all of its, its horrible and ugly and stinking detail, we will understand even more the magnitude of the grace of God in Christ. We will understand just how much better we have been forgiven through Christ's cross. So here we go. Buckle up. This, this, is, about, this is about sharpening. This is about giving glory to God for the grace that he has shown to us in Christ. And we're going to start with Noah. Now this is, this is one of those stories that, that doesn't end up in the children's Bibles. Like, it, 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 if this story wasn't in the, in the, in the Bible, we, we might think that, that Noah's sort of kind of perfect. We, we might think, like, this is, this is an absolute hero of faith. He makes it through the flood, and, and that's it. But the last story, the last thing that we learn about Noah is this. And it's going to highlight for us, it's going to highlight for us what, what we might call sins of rashness or, or sins of weakness. That's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about sins of weakness. And we're going to first of all look at their possibility. And then we're going to look at two responses to sins of weakness. But first of all, the real possibility. To show you the possibility of sins of weakness, I want to live with you for a second in the very opening verse. Before Noah does anything wrong at all, Noah is a man of the soil. That's what it says. Like, he, he's the kind of guy that can, he, would, he could run his fingers through the dirt and he knew if it was good for grapes or not. Like he, 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 after the flood, he, he knew he would stick his hands in that dirt and he knew this is the place and he knew grapes and he knew the rains and the soils and year after year after year, he got better and better and better at fermenting those grapes. In other words, in a sense, 
we can see what's possible for him now. He has the means. He has the opportunity to commit the sin of drunkenness. He's primed for it. Metaphorically, the gun's loaded. Like, what do you think? Read verse 20 and ask yourself this question. What do you think's going to happen? He's, got, he's a prosperous man. He's a man of the soil. He's a winophile, you might say. An oinophilo, they call it. What do you think he's primed to do? It's possible because he hasn't ha it hasn't happened yet that he'll drink too much. Now this is what we call a sin of weakness. In other words, you're not planning it. You're not thinking to yourself, I, I, I can't wait to get to Friday because I'm going to get to the bottom of the tequila. You're not, you're not anticipating it. It's not on your heart. But it's possible. The means and the opportunity are there. This is, this is very different, by the way, than intentional sin and deliberate sin and considered sin. Like what, like the, the difference would be like the Wall Street banker. And he's working these countless hours, but he knows and he's thinking about it. When it, gets, when it turns Friday, I know exactly where I'm going to be. And I'm going to be in a Manhattan club. And I'm going to invite all my friends. And I know I'm going to spend a lot of money. And I'm going to get to the bottom of the tequila. That is deliberate sin. That is, that is faith-killing sin. We're not talking about that. We're talking about sins of weakness. It's possible. You've got the means. You've got the opportunity. It can happen. Now, be, before we advance in, this, in, in the story, and, 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 and we're going to see passed out, drunk, naked Noah, I, I just want you to think about that. Because in a sense, all of us live right there before we do anything wrong, it's possible. And, and, and so you need to recognize these things in your life. What, what is possible? What do I have the means and the opportunity? Where are my weaknesses so that you do not do this? Like think, first of all, start with the patterns in, in, in your life. If you see yourself falling into these repeated sins, maybe what you need to do is, is start to think to yourself, okay, what are these sins of weakness that I have? Where, where are the means and the opportunity so you can cut them off? Because that's what you need to do. Like, we, 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 in our house, we, our house is, is pretty much like 95% baby proof. Which means that we, we, we know what's possible for Drew to do. And maybe even probable. Like if we don't put a gate up, it's possible and maybe even probable that our little boy will crawl right over to the staircase and go all the way down. So you have to baby-proof the house. So what do you do? What, or what could have Noah done if he knows he's got a weakness for, for drinking too much wine? How do you sin-proof your life? Well, you look for the patterns, you look for the things 
that you might do and you take them away from yourself. If you got a weakness for alcohol, take alcohol out of the house. If you got if you got a weakness for alcohol, don't walk down that street where they sell liquor. And we could do this for any sins of weakness in our life. Take the possibility, the means, and the opportunity right out of your house. Or to put it another way, always say five decisions away from that last really bad decision. And look, the truth of the matter is we have so many sins and, and so much is possible, but why can't we at least limit it? Like maybe Noah said, said to his wife, you keep this and give it to me a little bit at a time. Something like that. We've got to realize that, that the possibility of the sins of weakness in our life, Noah didn't, apparently, and he falls. He, he falls really far. Like he, he goes on an absolute bender. And it's shameful. Very shameful. His son Ham finds him. And he's, he's passed out drunk and naked. It's really sad. And Ham responds to it. See, we're getting to the, the first response to sins of weakness now. And he thinks it's funny. At least, at least that's what I have in my head. Like, verse 22, if you look at it, look at it and just read it. People, it's incredible. Jewish commentators, Christian commentators, they read the worst into what Ham does here. I mean, Literally, I can't say it out loud. Let your mind run. Like, the let your imagination run. And people have said that's what, that's what Ham did to Noah. Like, people think, it, it, the, the, why else would he fall under the curse? Because, because Ham did this awful, incredibly awful and ugly thing to his father Noah. But, but what the text says, what the story says, is he did one thing and one thing alone. He laughed about it to his brothers. He makes light of it. In my head, this is what happens. He goes up to, to Japheth and Shem and he goes, Hey guys, dad's passed out drunk in the tent and he's buck naked. He makes light of it. I mean, that... I want to I just pause right there. Like That is one possible response to sins of weakness. You can make light of it. You, you, can, be like, you can be like frat boys in college, and, and, and they recount, they tell the stories of what, all the different things that they did while they were drunk, and they think it's funny. And it's not. In fact, it's so not funny that when Noah wakes up, the Holy Spirit inspires him to put a curse on Ham. Like, if you think that sins of weakness are something to be joked about, that, that, that porn is just a little thing, or, or, or getting 
getting going on a bender over a weekend and then telling everyone about it, that, that that's something to just joke about on Monday morning. It's not. The Spirit puts a curse on Ham. Only because he told his brothers, like, because he made light of it. That's one possible response to sins of weakness. There's a second possible response, and it's shown by, by Shem and Japheth, and it is an honorable and beautiful thing. They recognize just how shameful Noah had acted and become, but they refused to look at it. I mean, they, they, they could have taken the garment and walked straight in, but they, what they decided to do is they turned around. They, they, they had never seen it. They're never going to talk about it. And in fact, what they're going to do with that sin is they're going to cover it up forever and ever. Amen. They cover up their naked dad. Fully covered. And the Holy Spirit seals that response to the sins of weakness by saying, Shem... You're blessed. Japheth, you're blessed forever and ever and ever because that is the godly response to sins of weakness. Let somebody else cover it. Now, usually, and I think naturally, our response to sins of weakness is this project that we call self-justification. I, I noticed this in myself. I, I kicked myself for it. What, it wasn't that long ago. I was crossing the street just a couple blocks away. I was in a hurry. There was this guy that was trying to turn, and I had the right of way. I really did. I had the walk sign. So this guy's trying to, he's trying to get through the intersection quick, and I'm like, hold on, I'm going. This guy, this guy, you know what he did? He gave me a long, sustained like honk and the middle finger, long and sustained. There's this lady, this is what I did then. I felt so righteous. I go to this lady standing in the corner and I said, did you see that? I had the right of way. You know what she said? Nothing. You know what I wanted her to say? I wanted her to justify me. I wanted her to say, you know what? I agree with you. you. That guy, he's such a jerk. That was my project of justification. I needed a, someone to say that I was in the right and he was in the wrong. And I didn't get it. I walked to church and I was like, whoa. Look at what I just did. You were always trying to make up for or always trying to go to someone and say, tell me I'm right. But the godly response to sins of weakness, <laughs> it's funny, Drew's interrupting me. Yeah. <laughs> the godly response to sins of weakness is to let someone else cover you. And that's what the Holy Spirit seals in for us, that, that someone else would come refuse to look at it, admit that it is a shameful thing and a wrong thing, but we will never talk about it, we will, we will never admit that it even happened, and we will 
cover it. You see where I'm going with this? This foreshadows the coming of our Lord Jesus. And now I want to talk to every single one of you who have ever committed a sin of weakness. I think that's all of us. Drunkenness or otherwise. You can't make up for it. You can't take it back. But let's let Jesus cover it fully. This is why he died. He died to cover over every sin of weakness that we have ever committed. This is why he came. That his precious blood might cover us. That his righteousness might cover us. We need to move forward, not in guilt, but in forgiveness and to never talk about it again. Because we're covered. I'm convinced that we understand to the deepest parts of our being the judgment of God on sins of weakness. We get that. I'm less convinced that we understand the grace of God. I, I had this moment in college where, where I, I became convinced that I didn't get it. One of my college professors put out this case study of a sin of weakness. He said, tell me, does this person go to heaven or not? They go to the bar. In a sin of weakness, of rashness, they, they drink too much. They never intended to. And they get behind the wheel. And the very next thing they do is they wrap their car around a tree and they die. Do they go to heaven or hell? It's a little bit of a head scratcher, right? They, they literally die committing a sin of weakness. Do they go to heaven or hell? You know what the answer is? They go to heaven. Does that shock you? If it does, what, what you know about yourself is you get God's judgment against sin, and it is real. But maybe what you don't get yet is the grace of God for sinners. They go to heaven. Because sins of weakness do not, like Noah is, is, is example A of this. They do not push us out of the kingdom of God. Now, don't take advantage. Don't do that. Like, like, don't get in a car and wrap your tree around your, your car around. Don't do that. Don't take advantage of the grace of God by no means. But do believe firmly in your heart that you are forgiven and covered. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we have so many sins of weakness to con confess to you. Help us, instead of to move into a self-justification project or to make light of sin, but to count on, on your Son, Jesus, to, to cover it all. And then give us spiritual wisdom to put up whatever sin-proofing tactics that we need in our life that we might not continue to fall into them. We ask this for Jesus' sake and in his great name. Amen.